And we talked about the pastor's responsibility, but today I want to talk about the people's responsibility. Amen. Out of the position and responsibility of the pastor comes the responsibility of the people. Amen. They too are accountable to God. I wish I had somebody. The word of God is clear that you don't just come and sit. Amen. But you come and you have a responsibility. Amen. Just like the pastor has a responsibility. When I began this series, I told you that there are certain relationships that you need in life. Important relationships. You have a relationship with your doctor. You have a relationship with your lawyer. You have a, 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 a relationship with your, uh, with your uh, pharmacist. You have a relationship, amen, with people at your job, your boss. Those are important relationships. And I believe that the only way that you can appreciate what God has done in your life is if you appreciate the man of God that he places in your life. I believe that relationship that you have with the man of God, I believe it not only helps you, amen, but it protects you from things and things that you don't see and things that you do see. It's amazing today because a lot of people don't think that their relationship with their pastor is important. Amen. The way church is set up today, the pastor is seeing more as a person who's untouchable, a person that cannot be reached, a person who's too busy for the flock. I want to tell you something. I say this all the time, and I hear this all the time. Pastor, I don't want to call you because you're so busy. And I just want to say to my church, amen, that I'm never too busy for you. Amen. That's the key. Wherever the pastor has been called, no matter what the pastor does, Paul was a tent maker, believe it or not. Paul made his living by building tents. Amen. But he never neglected his responsibility, amen, to the flock. Now, he started many churches. And he mentored and he pastored for a little while and then he passed the mantle down. And we're going to go to 1 Timothy today, 1 Timothy chapter 5. And we're going to talk about, well, let's go to 1 Thessalonians first. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We'll start there today. And, and, and the reason I want to start here, because I want to tell you the responsibility, the people's responsibility to the pastor. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, open your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and I want to begin reading in verse 12. Amen. I want to begin reading in verse 12. Amen. Um, uh, we, we're going to read out of the ESV version, version. And Paul is writing to the church of Thessalonica. And what, he, what, he, what he's writing here, amen, what he tells them in chapter 5 he talks about the coming of the Lord and the day of the Lord. Now, I find it interesting that's in the context of the rapture. I wish I had somebody. I, I find that he, he lays it out. The first thing 
The first responsibility that the people have to the pastor, you may want to write this down, is to know him. That's the first thing that you and I must learn about our pastor. Amen. Uh, it's implied here in the context that one day we will see the Lord. He says in verse 13 of chapter 4, But I do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen, to, fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive who are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven, with a cry of, of, of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of a trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. He's encouraging them to remind themselves that in spite of all that's going on around you, as a believer, you have to remind yourself, we do not fear death. Amen. But, but I find it interesting. Amen. That even with us understanding that we will be raptured, even with us understanding that the believer does not taste the sting of death, Paul reminds them of an important relationship. He implies here that their desire should be to know their pastor. Some people stay at arm's length away from their pastor. They do not want to know him, but rather they want to be anonymous to him. I wish I had somebody. But how can the pastor be a help and encouragement to the people if the people don't have an open heart for the pastor? If, if they don't want to be known by him. Paul says in verse 12 of chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians, he says, Thess Thessalonians, he says, we ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor, who labor among you and are over you. Are, are, you, see, are you seeing this? L listen, listen, this. Listen, listen, this. Listen, this. To know the pastor is to understand his position. But but not only understand his position, but understand what your responsibility is. He says, number one, you got to respect him. If you're going to know him, you got to respect him. Amen. Look what he says. He says, and to esteem them. What? Very highly in what? In love. So if you know him, you're going to respect him. And here's how you know him. You respect him. But you love him. I wish I had somebody. There's, listen, too many pastors get too many bad raps. And you know what I found out about it, saints? I found out that it's spiritual warfare. If, if, if this is the man that led you to Christ or has nurtured your life in Christ, how is it that the relationship changes? How is it that you go from loving him to hating him? To not liking him. To disliking him. 
I'm going to get to talking about him in a minute. But watch this. He said, he said that you, you, you look what he says. That, now, this is the Bible now. The Bible says, and to esteem them what? Very highly in love because of their work. Thanks. The work of pastor is grueling. The work of pastor is a weight. Because when, listen, I've been off from seminary for uh, a week. I haven't left here. <laughs> I, I thought I was going to take off, but I, I, haven't, I, I haven't left here no later than 10 o'clock at night. Thinking that I'm going to take me a break. Thinking that, but no, when, when one thing stops, all the other stuff happens. And he says, if you don't respect him for anything, respect him for the work, but know that what he's doing. See, when you know what he's doing, come on somebody, you can respect him and love him because you and I are recipients of the work. He says, look what he says. He says, be at peace. What? Well, he said, he said, be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brethren, admonish the idol. Encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient with them all. I wish I had somebody. Paul has given his farewell instructions and benediction before he leaves. But he says to them, hey, here's the thing. Admonish the idol. You know, you know how hard that is to do sometimes? Really, that word idol means lazy. Amen. Uh, encourage, he said, urge your brother to admonish the idol. Encourage the faint. Have you ever tried to encourage somebody who's faint-hearted and every time you give them, an, give them a solution, they give you a but? That's pastoring for you. Every time you say, well, you should, well, no, I don't want to do that because that ain't the way. Is that what you tell? Yep. Uh -huh. Encourage them. Do you know how discouraging it is after? Amen. And then when people get out of their mess, they forgot who prayed them through. Know him. If you know your pastor, amen, then you will understand who he is and what he means to you. Look what he goes on to say. I got to go on. He says, see that no one repays anyone, anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. See, when you have a pastor, you can learn how to do these things. Because this is the opposite of what we would have done. Oh, I wish I had somebody. So he says, because you know about the rapture, because you know the day of the Lord is coming, and because you esteem and you love and you respect the man of God, Oh, I wish I had somebody. I wish I had somebody. I wish I had somebody. Amen. Verse 13. Esteem them. Listen. What does the. Let me ask you a question. What does the pastor mean to you? Not only do you know him. But esteem him highly. Do you have. A roast the preacher. Every Sunday. For lunch. You know. Do you talk about him before your children? 
Do you talk about him in front of your kids, in front of your, or do you talk about him with your spouse? Is the conversation that you're having about him, is it negative in front of your kids, in front of your family? Listen, listen to this. Listen, do you feel like your pastor don't do nothing right? Amen. Some are critical. Amen. Some, some are vindictive. Some can't stand him and he, and they make it known at home. Uh oh, uh oh. Do you have pillow talk about the pastor? He says your job should be to esteem him. You should pray for him. You should believe in him. You should back him. Come on, somebody. And you should love him. You should be grateful for the work that he's doing, not just for everybody, but for you. But yet you're roasting him. You're talking about him. And then sometimes when you, what you say about him, you're praising him in one, in one breath. But in the other breath, you're damning him. You're destroying him to the people closest to you. No wonder why your kids don't respect him. Cause they already know what's been said about him. Are you with me? Go to, go, go to, go to first Timothy. Amen. Not you, not you. I'm not talking to anybody here. Amen. This is Pastor Appreciation with Month here. Right? We're getting ready to go into appreciation, right? So I might as well show you how to do it. <laughs> First Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. Amen. Alright? He says, So not only must you know him, respect him, love him, but the next thing you got to do, amen, is to support him. You got to support the pastor, saints. Can I tell you something? With everything that we got going on right now in America, we need a shepherd. Who can stand and not compromise the truth, but present the truth in love and then say to you, saints, whatever issue you may have had with your other pastor, that ain't me. See what I'm saying? And whatever issue you may have had with me in the past, the past is the past. See, because here's the thing. I, tell, I say this to my kids all the time. You know, our relationship is intact. See what I'm saying? You know, it's like a, a, a father to a child, a mother to a children. Your relationship, that's a no-brain. That, 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 that relationship is settled, but every now and then, you're going to have to be told what to do. You can't come playing daddy when you don't hold that position. Come on, somebody. But, but to support him means you're going to stand with him. Look what he says. Let the elders who rule well... Be considered worthy of what kind of honor? Double honor. Especially. 
Come on and help me somebody. Those who labor in preaching and teaching. You know what the word, you know what the word labor means? It's ergon. That, that, that mean that, that does not mean, you know, um, you know, walking around with ease. It means by the sweat of your brow. Laboring. Do you know how much work it takes? Come on, help me somebody. In preaching and teaching God's word. The Bible says that we ought to consider to give the man of God, the pastor. Oh, I wish I had somebody. Double honor. My question is, what is that? <laughs> what, you know, you've heard this before, like double honor. What, what does double honor mean? You see, it's honor upon honor. So that there's no misunderstandings. Amen. That, that, listen, you, you, you walk into your doctor's office, you honor your doctor. You go to the courthouse, the, the, the judge comes in, everybody rises. Why? That's honor. See, I believe that some people struggle in their life because of how they treat the man of God. I believe that. I believe that they may not see it right away, but it comes. And one of the things that I've always been cautious of is how I treat the man of God. Honor. Honor. Double honor. Look what he says. This is your responsibility. He says, for the scripture says, uh-huh, you shall not muzzle the, uh, the ox when it treads out the grain. What is, he, what, is he, what is he talking about? Muzzling the ox. You know, talking about muzzling the ox. What does that mean? In other words, what he's talking about here, look what he says. He says, and the laborer deserves his wages. What, what, what Paul was telling Timothy is that some of the people in the church were saying that the pastor shouldn't get paid. Amen. The, you know, you know, the pastor shouldn't receive a love offering. Last week, love offering with light. Amen. I think it was because that message I preached. <laughs> I, I, listen, every time I read, it was real light. Amen. But, but guess what? I appreciate y'all. Amen. I appreciate those who stepped up anyhow. Amen. And sometimes you're not going to hear the things that you want. Listen, if you had that kind of preacher, then guess what? You you know that your, your life wouldn't be the same. Saints. Here's the thing. Here's the, every now and then you need to say ouch, amen. Thank you. Every now and then you need to hear what you need, not just what you want. Are you with me? Text says that he deserves. He is deserving of his wages. So 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 the responsibility not only is it to support him. But to make sure that he is taken care of properly. Amen. In other words, we shouldn't have be having the conversation if we got to pay the bill or pay the pastor. Which one should we pay first? Who would you pay first? What would you do first? Amen. What would you do first? If the roof was leaking... 
Amen. And we need to pay, we need to fix the roof or we need to pay the pastor. Which will we choose? We choose to pay the pastor because the building is always going to be there. The pastor may not always be there. Amen. Watch this. And if you take care of the man of God, God will take care of the house of God. You see, back in Old Testament time, the tithe went to the Levite. The offerings went to taking care of the temple. See, we get it all backwards. Amen. The tithe is actually supposed to go to the man of God. But what Paul, what Paul was telling Timothy is that the man of God is, he deserves the wages. He deserves to get paid. Look what, look what he says in verse 19. The next thing is, verse 19, not only do you support him, but never listen to his critics. Amen. I already know what comes with this job is people are critical. They're critical. Look how he do this. Look how he walk. Look how he hold his glass. Look how he drink his water. Look how he hold his Bible. You understand what I'm saying? Critics. Critics for no reason, by the way. Listen, it's satanically inspired. Anytime you turn against your pastor, something is wrong spiritually. Come on, somebody. Amen. I, I just believe that. I, I believe that there's right and wrong. And let me say this. I'm not perfect. I don't try to pretend that I'm perfect. I got my issues. But one of the things that I take seriously is my position as pastor. And shepherding you. So that means that there are times I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. Period. But I will tell you the truth. Are you with me? But look, but look, he says, verse 19, he says, do not admit a charge against the elder. Yeah. Except the one, except on the evidence of two or three, what? Witnesses. What is he saying? He said, listen, don't let somebody come in. The pastor says, the Bible says that you are not even to receive an accusation. Look what he says. He says, and those who persist, I'm sorry, he says, and do not admit a charge except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. As for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all so that the rest may stand in fear. Watch this. Listen to this. Never allow yourself to listen to gossip, criticism, or any other things about your pastor. Tell the critical person, come on, let's go talk to pastor. That's what you tell them. The next time they got a gripe against the pastor, you say, you know what? I hear what you're saying. Let's go together and let's talk to him. Watch this. And here's the thing. If they say no, it means that they were gossiping. Because if you can't address a person about an issue that you have with them, Amen. In front of somebody else, then you meant to dump on that person to get that person where you are. Come on and say amen. Your responsibility. Don't listen to the critics. Are you with me? In integrity and in, and in, in sincerity. Amen. Remember this. If the pastor is in error, give him a fair trial. Lord have mercy. 
He deserves a fair trial. Here's, here's how you do it. Pray for him. Ask God to change him. Amen. If you have a gripe and it's not legitimate or you feel like it's legitimate in your eyes, because you know some people, their views are a little different, then you pray for him. And then if you come talking to him, make sure you come with respect. Are you with me? I got a whole policy for that. Because a long time ago, I had an open door. I still have an open door policy. I do. I have an open door policy. But what I found out is that when you give people an open door policy, you have to give them guidelines within that policy. Because some people thought that they could just come to me and just say whatever they wanted to say to me disrespectfully. Amen. At, at it. Amen. And so what we did is we imp- implemented an open door policy, but with respect. See, the day we live in, listen, if the, if the, if the thieves don't respect the house of God, amen. If people that pulled up and there was beer bottles on the other side of the church, I said, people don't even respect holy ground. Amen. But what about the people in the church if they don't respect the one who leads them? Are you with me? See, when you love the man of God, your life, saints, your life will be different. Are you with me? The, the, other, the other piece is found in Hebrews 13. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 13 real quick. Amen. Come on, say amen. Y'all getting quiet on me today. How are we looking online? Everybody saying, ouch, amen, thank you, what? <laughs> Y'all with me? Amen. All right. Okay. Hebrews chapter 13. Oh, Lord Jesus. Here we go. You ready? So, so not only do you never listen to his critics, but look at Hebrews 13, 7. Let's back up to verse 5. All right. He says, keep your life free from the love of money. That, that'll always get you. That will always keep your life what free from the love of what money and be content with what you have. For he says, I will never. This is the peace that I love. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's the reason why we don't worry about money. Because he says, I'll never. That's all I need. That's all I need. Tell your neighbor, that's all I need. But you wouldn't get that revelation without the pastor, see? Listen, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Why are you worried? It's the first of the month, almost the first of the month. What you worried about? He says he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He says we confidently say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Verse, verse 7 says, remember. Remember this. Isn't it interesting in the context of, of worrying about money and worrying about all the stuff that's going on in your life? He tells you, Lord have mercy. He tells you, he said, he tells you to remember. 
Remember who? Last thing I'm thinking about what I'm going through is my leader. My pastor. What? What are you talking about? But watch this. If you're going to make it, you have to follow your pastor's example. That's your responsibility. Do it the way he does it. That's the example God gave you. Reverend Alonzo came up here Sunday and he preached last Sunday. He preached in his personality. But he followed my example. I wish I had somebody. He kept it short and sweet. He stayed in the word. And he finished with Jesus. Lord have mercy. I'm about to do my same thing right now. Amen. I'm about to finish with Jesus. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Remember your leader. Follow their example. Here's another thing. Follow their faith. Follow the true man of God. Let him be your leader in a real sense of the word. Give consideration to the pastor's manner of life. How he lives. How he treats his wife. How he treats his kids. How he handles his finances. How he takes care of his vehicle. How he cleans up his church. Amen. How he keeps his home. In that way. So you don't have to. People in a real sense. You look at all over the place. You're trying to read this book and that book and this book and that book. And you got a living example in front of you. And there are some real men of God out here. Who don't get no credit. From their own people. That they serve. Because they want to be like somebody else. Be like the one God placed you under. Be like the first lady that stands on his side. Watch her life and, and, and learn from that example. He says, remember your, your leaders. Those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider, watch this, the outcome of their way of life. And do what? And what? I'm closing with Jesus. And imitate their faith. Jesus Christ. Hey. Is the same. And can I tell you something? You can't hold up your responsibility. If you don't know Jesus. He's the same today. Yesterday. Today. And forever. He never changes. And the one thing I've learned to do. As a pastor. I'm not fickle. I'm not up one day and down the other. I've, I've learned how to have a little bit of stability in my faith because I follow Jesus. And as I follow Jesus, you follow me. And as I follow Jesus, you follow me. And when you find your way in this life, you'll realize that nobody can do you like Jesus.